In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. Amen. Our Father, we thank you. Thank you for another time to pray as a body. Thank you for the understanding you have given us concerning what to say. Thank you because we know our prayers are pleasant in your ears and you will give attention to all our words. We give you praise in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Father, we give you thanks. All right, I want to declare the word of understanding before we sit down. One, two, let's go. Now I declare that the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of His will. In all spiritual wisdom and understanding, as a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I'm pleasing Him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work, and I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to His word. God is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It's healing me in every area. And it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 If the rain is a blessing to you, give me an amen. Amen. The Lord is good. All the time. Let's greet somebody on our left and our right as we take our seats. Tell the person you are very wise. Tell the person you are very wise. Yes. You are wise with the wisdom of heaven. All right, the Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. Okay, well, no, there's something I started sharing with us uh, on this uh, prayer matter a few meetings ago. I started talking about the warrior's perspective. And there is something I want to explain to us. You know, there's this scripture we quote here all the time. Jesus said that uh, men ought always to pray and not to faint. And I've said many times that what that implies is that there will be reason to want to faint. What that implies is that there will be times in which you literally will want to give up. And then what you find these days is Christians, especially in a country like ours, start making statements like we have prayed enough. Now once you start hearing things that we have prayed enough, you see that what Jesus was, um, in quote, in quote, now afraid of is beginning to happen. What Jesus was warning against is beginning to happen. That's when people start telling you we have prayed enough. What do they mean that we have prayed enough? Because they are not, exp- they are not seeing the result of what they were praying about. They are not seeing the result of the things that they actually started out having in front of them as the end of their prayer. So they will not start saying that we have prayed enough. We believers need to, re- need to be reminded again that there is nothing like we have prayed enough. And once you start feeling like that, you are beginning to get tired. And Jesus said men ought always to pray and not to get tired. I want to just explain a particular principle along that line again today. Okay, let me just remember, remind us of something we said earlier. Remember that life is a warfare. Do you follow my point? It's a warfare. And God has an overall plan which individually we don't fully understand. But whether we fully understand it or not, we must play our part as, like Paul said, as true soldiers of Christ. You see, it's very important we understand that, that we must do what we are supposed to do. That point is very that point is very crucial. We get it. Okay. Whether you, that is, we must understand that point and we'll live by it. Whether you see the result or not, don't worry about that. What you are supposed to do is to do what you are supposed to do. <laughs> are you getting my point? Yeah, that's it. Just focus on what you are supposed to do. What it produces is not your business. He said, this is how, the, this is how life works. Uh, Paul said, I planted. Apollos watered. God gave the increase. Each one is rewarded according to his labor, not according to the increase. It's very important to understand that point. I planted. Apollos watered. 
So each person is supposed to focus on his duty. If your duty is to plant, please focus on planting. If your duty is to water, please focus on watering. The word of God will come to pass. He said the, the earth will be filled with the knowledge of God as the waters cover the sea. And he also said that of the increase of his government and of peace, there shall be no end. He said the kingdoms of this world or the kingdom of this world have become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ and it shall reign forever and ever. This is what God has proposed. Are you getting my point? And it will come to pass. It will come to pass. You know, I was reading um, Zechariah this morning. There is something he said. I think, let, let's quickly see whether I can quickly get there. Just go to the book of Zechariah. <laughs> I want to just bring out something that Zechariah said. Alright? Zechariah chapter 6. I'm going to read verse... Um, let me just start from verse 11. It says, Take silver and gold, make an ornate crown, and set it on the head of Joshua. Verse 12. Then say to him, Thus says the Lord of hosts, Behold, a man whose name is Branch, for he will branch out from where he is, and he will build the temple of the Lord. Yes, it is he who will build the temple of the Lord, and he who will bear the honor and sit and rule on his throne. Thus he will be a priest on his throne, and the council of peace will be between the two offices. Now, please, this is where I'm going. Now, the crown will become a reminder in the temple of the Lord to Helen, Tobijah, Jediah, and Hen, the son of Zephaniah. Now, please notice verse 15. Those who are far off will come and build the temple of the Lord. Then you will know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you. And it will take place if you completely obey the Lord your God. Now, that's what I want to bring out. The Lord said through Zechariah, it will take place if you completely obey the Lord your God. God had given them his plan. God had told them what he proposed for them. What his plan was, was going to be manifest, that it was revealed to them, but he gave them a condition that that plan will take place. He gave a condition to it. If you completely obey the Lord your God. Are you getting my point? Now that is the point. If you completely obey the Lord your God. You remember the story of um, um, Saul, king of Israel. Samuel gave him a simple instruction. Wait for him for how long? Seven days. Now listen, that is a principle of life which you must understand. That is, you've heard the story of a man who was digging uh, for gold, digging and digging, and then one day, you understand, just a few feet away from the gold, he gave up and he walked away. Another person bought the mine and dug a few feet, and other men labored. He entered into the, the, the you understand what I'm saying? He had entered into their labor. So you understand the fruit of what they had worked for came into his hand. Now, so that principle of persistence is what I'm trying to explain. You see, here God said you have to obey completely. You know, you don't give up. You never at any point. That's what Jesus was saying. Say that uh, it's not working. No, this is how it is. Some plant. The man who's been given to plant, whether he sees the fruit or not, must never stop planting. The man who has been given to water, whether he experiences the fruit or not, must never stop the watering process. Do you follow what I'm going to explain here? He's supposed to completely obey the Lord his God. And what do I mean by completely? Until the last day. You understand? Open your Bibles again to the book of Luke chapter 12. I want to just bring out something there. So we read this one from this uh, Zechariah chapter 6. Uh, verse 15. Now let's just go to the book of Luke chapter 12 quickly. There is something I want us to see there. 
Now, look at uh, verse uh, 41. Let's just say from, from, from verse 42. And the Lord said, Who then is a faithful and sensible steward, whom his master will put in charge of his servants, to give them their rations at the proper time? He said, Blessed is that slave whom his master finds so doing. Now, that's what I want to bring out. Blessed is that slave whom his master finds so doing when he comes. So I say to you that he will put him in charge of all his possessions. Now, please let me just stop reading here to save time. What I'm bringing out from here is that you see that what the Lord was laying emphasis on is not what result somebody is getting, but what this fellow is what? Doing. Let's go by it again. What God is laying emphasis on in your life is not the result you are getting, but what you are what? I didn't hear you well. Doing. Doing. What you are doing. What the master, he said, bless the slave who the master finds so doing. It is what he is doing. You know, the active process that God judges him on. You know, I was listening to um, Ezekiel, and God was saying to Ezekiel again, like, listen, if a man does righteousness, he does righteousness, then he stops, and he stops, he starts doing wickedness. You know what I'm going to do? The Lord said, <laughs> the Lord said, I will forget all the righteous works that he has done, then we will not judge him according to the wickedness he is doing right now. And if a man was doing wickedness, and then one day he repents, he looks and says, this life is not good, we have been living it. And he starts doing righteousness. When the master comes, I'm adding two things together now, he will judge him, Ezekiel, God told Ezekiel, says, he spoke through Ezekiel, I will judge him according to what? The righteousness he is currently doing. What God judges is what we are what? doing. That is, if there are issues in the nation, if there are issues around us, if we decide that we are prayed enough, we stop praying. When Jesus shows up, he said, this one is not praying. He won't say, I prayed for five years. I don't know whether you are getting my point. It is what he's found doing. That's what I want to emphasize. It is what each person is found doing at that particular moment that God is reckoning with. So is that concerning that uh, the righteous person? Oh boy, I know you have served God diligently for 20 years. And then after that, you got tired. That this righteousness does not pay. Now, now, back to the issue of Saul. He waited for Samuel. He judged how long it should still take Samuel to come. Then the last moment he gave up, as soon as he gave up, disobeyed, Samuel showed up. Samuel did not find him waiting. Samuel found him offering a wrong sacrifice. And that was the end of his kingdom. And said, today God will have established your kingdom for you forever. But for now, God has made up his mind. Your kingdom has come to an end. He's going to find him another uh, king that's after his heart. Now, if you notice that, the man waited seven days. Someone said, wait seven days, right? He waited, okay, let's just say, six and a half days. Because in the seventh day, someone still came within the stipulated time. Read it well. It's just that instead of coming maybe by 7 a.m., or 12 noon, or 6 p.m., Samuel, wicked Samuel, he chose, <laughs> he chose to show up at 8 o'clock, but was it on the seventh day. So the man waited 95% of the prescribed time. But the last 5%, he lost hope. He said, we have prayed enough. He said, we have waited enough. This righteousness does not pay. Then he offered the sacrifice he was not supposed to offer, and Samuel walked in. Samuel, a type of God, will never be late. Are you getting my point? He will be at the right time. I can assure you of that. 
It will be at the right time. So how do I handle the matter of when Samuel will come? Just, just assume that this is what I will do for the rest of my life. Are you getting my point? That's how you do. So, okay, look, only say wait seven days. Oh boy, forget the seven days. I will wait till you come. What you are supposed to do is just assume that this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. Take ministry as an example, alright? This is what I, I tell people that there are different ways to do ministry. I decided, God helping me, I'm not doing ministry that, okay, oh, we'll do it like this for some time. It will now bloom. They will now change. Guess what? I'm ready to be preaching every day. If I get tired, I'll reduce to once a week. Of course, I'll just stop going everywhere and to place. I'll just stay here. We're preaching two times a week. And then one day you come. Of course, it doesn't have to be this very venue. But even if it is this venue, but whatever it is, one day you come. And Pastor Mark is 90 years old. You know, one man that inspired me in that area is Kenneth Higgin. And if you're a preacher, you're listening to me, please go and follow Kenneth Higgin in that area. The man till the, at least, I listened to the messages he preached, I think the year he died. Okay? It's the same thing. The same format. Nothing changed. He goes around different places. They'll do a, a week-long seminar. you hear um, a winter seminar in Louisiana. you hear of a, a, a summer, no, no, there's not what they do. Anyway, they'll do like a prayer, something. They just, you know, it does two, prayer in the morning, normal teaching at night. Teach on prayer in the morning. It does the same thing, minister to the sick. This man did this thing for decades. The interesting part about him is that it's not only what he did, what he preached. You listen to him, 1990. Listen to him, 2010. Was it still 2010? I don't know the year he left anyway. But 20 years later, the same message, the same stories. He tells the same stories. He'll say, ah, this is how he used to do his hand. I remember that, 1958. Then when I was, I went to, you know, he, that same story. Go and listen to him that message 10 years later. He'll tell that same story. He'll remember 1958. He'll tell you what happened. He repeats the same thing. And then if he does a program like that, maybe he does in, um, in um, um, uh, let's take a place like uh, Houston, he will go to Los Angeles, do the same thing. He will go to Alaska. Look, the man will almost repeat himself word for word. One day I listened to it, I said, ah, hey, Valky. That is ministry. As far as I'm concerned, ministry is complete. I'm made in ministry. So we don't need to invent anything. No need for, no need for new revelation. If you preach the one we know, it finish. I look around, no new revelation. You know what we we'll do? We we'll go to the beginning again <laughs> and start again. Before we get to the end, a few years we pass. If God doesn't supply any new revelation, we we'll go again to the beginning and go. Ah, why? I've seen men before me do it. Those who get into trouble are those ones that feel like we have preached this one before. I won't lie to you. Those early days in ministry, I used to feel like that too. That you want to preach the same thing now. I don't care. I will tell the same story. When I want to tell it, I meant I have told the story like, 20 times. And can make it told the song 40 times. Don't worry. You still have 20 times to go. I will just, I will <laughs> tell the story again. Blessed is the servant or the slave whose master finds so doing. It is the so doing that's the issue. It's not so achieving. It is the so doing. Once my wife and I were speaking in the house. My wife was reading her Bible. She just looked. You know, there are times you just look and say, you wonder. Like, like Balaam's story used to make me wonder. When he says that, uh, go. And then uh, you're angry that I went. You know, stuff like that. My wife had one of those, she had one of those wonder moments that, that day too. She was reading Elijah, Elisha, telling the king of Israel, you know, strike the ground. And the man struck three times. And the prophet was angry. Why do you strike three times? 
said, now you will defeat uh, um, Aram three times. He said, why didn't you strike five or six times? Then you will have defeated them at Afek and defeated them until you have finished them entirely. Now you struck only three times. So my wife was angry with the prophet. That did you tell him how many times to strike? The man struck three times and said, any more? And you say, why did you stop? So we had a small discussion about it. And I reasoned. My wife was like, what is the matter? I said, well, let's learn from it. Next time they say strike, they continue striking until they say stop. <laughs> that was the lesson. Since we, since we have seen people who got into trouble. When they say, strike the earth. And so like we say, you keep striking. Prophet, if you like, not tell me where I stop. I will strike this earth until we dig it up. <laughs> because the last man that struck three times, he got into trouble. We continue to strike the earth. We continue to strike it. And that's what I want us to understand. You've heard me say it for a long time. I don't believe on this gospel of results. We have to be careful. We have to be careful. We read from Isaiah 49. He said, even me, I give up. I've spent my strength for nothing and for vanity. It happens like that. So the gospel of a result, results. Be careful. Be very, 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 very careful. Jeremiah did not get results. He preached and preached and preached. Nobody believed him. They used to toss him into pits. Stuff like that. He didn't get the kind of result we are looking for. And like Pastor Corey said that, that day, <laughs> Moses, he struck the rock. He got results. The major result was that he died. He struck the rock, got results of water flowing. At the end of the day, he died. I can tell you, we won't mention him because we are preaching here and we're recording these things. But by my following what's been going on around the world, ministry circles, you know, Nigeria especially, I heard people who followed wrong counsel, and when they followed the counsel, they got results. They did the one that the Lord didn't send them, and ministry exploded. Not even exploded. It increased. They became great people. But at, you look at it after some time, God cancelled them. If you're following the result, results sometimes can kill. What God checks is what were you doing? I don't know what I get my point. Not what were you achieving, is what were you doing. If you find what is right, do it. Whether I guess results or not, is not the issue. It is right. We have to be careful when we are judging those result things. Of course, we know how to look at things. God will help us with wisdom to assess progress. Where progress, like Pastor Courage will say, you know, sometimes that look, challenges, will always come. It doesn't mean that you are doing what is wrong. Are you getting my point? <laughs> but then there are what he calls needless struggle. That there are times you look and say, is this struggle really part of it? If there's needless struggle, you have to go and check whether God really sent you. But we're not discussing that now. But let's just emphasize that what is important is that we are doing, doing, continuous, what we are supposed to be doing. Do you follow my point? It is crucial. So Christians sometimes get, get focused on that result. This person getting results. Many people getting results, is their result is a result of disobedience to divine order. If Jesus had bowed to Satan, the church would have grown and filled the world within the first 50 years of his life. But nobody would have been saved. The principle was, look, look at the kingdoms of the world. I give it to you. Just bow to me. Instantly, you see that man, after that wilderness encounter, he was not the same again. When he came out, the whole of Israel began to serve God. Rome joined them. All the nations around, before you know what's happening, the ministry of one Jesus will have filled the whole earth. 
but not one soul will be saved. By the time he dies, you have a bunch of unregenerated people filling the earth, following one particular confused person who saved Satan. By the second generation, the fact that it was Satan they saved will begin to show force in their lives. I'm sorry to say it, sometimes I look at churches, they grow, 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 you look inside. These people are not even born again, but the church is full. Church is full. But look inside. You can swear these people are not Christians. Big name, member of Khan. They will join Khan, they will do everything. So, bowing to Satan yields emergency results. Talking to those who are preachers, preachers many times they've joined Satan. You don't have to go to a shrine, though. even though some go to shrines. But don't have to go to shrine. Just do something you know you do. You know this money thing. So it's, suddenly you learn how to sow seeds. You know what I mean by sow seed? Messages you preach before. People sometimes they just say, ah, pastor, that was a powerful message. They will shake your hand and go home. Meanwhile, that message you preach on a, on a hungry stomach. If it was powerful, can't your pocket too powerfully respond? <laughs> That's what you are thinking. You preach very powerful messages. You sit at home. School fees is on Monday. On Sunday, that's how they killed after church. Pastor, God will creep you for us. Don't deviate from this thing you are preaching. As you are preaching it, just continue. Yes. <laughs> You'll be looking at the fellow. Don't know school is tomorrow. I shouldn't deviate. Why won't I deviate with a congregation like you? <laughs> that, that is what you are thinking. I'm serious. I've, I've seen people go through this thing again and again. The next Sunday... Two Sundays after, Satan always comes. Satan, no, there's, there's Peter. He will invite Satan, come and talk to you. Peter, you know, that's what he did. Swallow Satan, talk to Jesus. Mary, swallow Satan, came to visit Jesus Christ. All his brothers, swallow Satan, came to meet him. Please, leave this ministry. People, Satan is not your, look, Pharisees were never called Satan. They are clear enemies. Get behind me, Satan. It was Peter. Satan entered into him. It was Judas, one of the twelve. Satan doesn't come from strange people. It's the inner caucus friends who want good for you. When Jesus said to Peter, get behind me, Satan, he was asking for his good. He said, you will not die. Nobody will punish you. You will not go to the cross. That was all he said. That was all he said. Yeah, Jesus looked at him and said, what? Get behind me, Satan. So some of those pastors, Satan will come. What is Satan? Senior bishop who ordained him into ministry. That is Satan. Who is Satan for the day? Good friend. Both of them ministers of the gospel. Ah, see your new car. Man of God. How did you get it? I knock on prophecy. I told you the story. Man of God driving a new car. Went for a pastor's meeting. Said, oh boy, see fine car you have here. Oh, God bless you. See fine new car. What did happen? Ah, he says, one, one of my church members. God was blessing me. Was blessing him. Was blessing him. He wasn't performing. Nah, knock on prophecy. Did you, did you hear that? And not come prophets. I like Nigerian English. I'm not saying it's right, but sometimes, eh? If you're in his shoes, you'll understand. He said, no, the guy entered, came to the church, poor. We pray, 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 prophesy, prophesy, preach, 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 he prosper. First car he bought. No, no, don't begin build house. We are still preaching, prophesy. Second car he bought. Ah! When the guy bought the car, for thought car, now I provoke. And I can't prophesy. Prophecy knocking prophet. <laughs> we visit this man. That is how people bow to Satan. So when you get, ah, that kind of hot message. 
Apostle, let's preach so that pre- preachers too can hear and be corrected. I don't feel nice saying what I'm about to say. You only what happens when the message is very good. So you need to connect with the blessing inside. That is, that's the satanic part. Nine times out of ten, the man doesn't believe in the connection. It's because if he doesn't say it, you will not connect. So he said, let me tell you, to, you know, you get my point. You will not connect with the fact that a pastor never dropped. I said, this message is so powerful. You need to connect with it. You need to connect. The degree of connection will determine the degree of results. Bros, when you start preaching connection, you will change your account. Apostle. <laughs> I'm telling you. That, that's how it goes. That's how it goes. That's how, that's what, how it goes. I told you, Mammon is more wicked than covetousness. Mammon is your friend. Mammon is not a Bentley. No, Mammon is not a Bentley. Just one old Tokumbo car golf, you know, 1995 model. That's all you're asking for. That's what happens. What I'm ready to say. So that's why I don't follow results. People who disobey divine order, result follows them. When they bow to Satan, instantly things start happening. That's why I say pray for Christians. Listen, may God be frustrating you once you are disobeying Him. Yeah, it's important because disobe- disobedience to God brings results. And they say, speak to the rock. You strike the rock, water will come. But you know that kind of thing. The final result is that God will tell you you are very useless. Lie down here and die there. Fall down and die. Original fall down, fall down and die. <laughs> now, what am I trying to explain? So, let's not look, be rushing for what gets results, what doesn't get results. Let's learn what is right to do. What is right to do sometimes can be discouraging. What is right to do sometimes can, you know, can be slow. We learn those principles. Then, when we're talking about cooperating with the seasons of life adventures, I give another point. So first stage is a stage of what? Sit down and count. Then after that, as I said, you come out of that sit down and count stage with what I call wisdom for your salvation. That wisdom, that knowledge of wisdom, all right? The wisdom for your salvation will be tested. It will be tested. And that's what we say, we'll now step into the next stage, which is the, which is the stage of what? The trial of your faith. That is this wisdom you have come out with from the stage of sitting down and counting. Let's try it. Are you going to hold on to it because it's producing results or because it is right? And the Bible is more interested, God is more interested in those who hold on to what is right than those who hold on to what works. Except for you have loved righteousness. That's what God is looking for. Love of righteousness. Not love of fruit. Not love of um, uh, uh, results. Is the love of righteousness. That's how it works. So let's never forget that. Now back to the main thing. This is a general principle about life, but let's come back and apply it to what we are saying about prayer for believers. Prayer is a calling. Are you getting my point? It is not whether it has produced results or it hasn't produced results. It's a calling. It's something we do constantly. We do it constantly. We never get tired. That's why he said, pray without ceasing. Paul writing to the Thessalonians. Pray without ceasing. It must go on without a stopping. Whether it gets results or not is not the issue. You pray without ceasing. That's how it goes. It is not because it will get, it will get results. It's working. God is listening. But that's not the point. The point is that it is a commandment. Men ought always to pray and not to get tired. That's the attitude of warfare we're talking about. That's a warrior's attitude. Do you understand? That's why, it, look, that's why Jesus made it clear. You can't obey God and say, I have obeyed God. 
Now he will say, no, let me say that again. Don't ever think that one day God will say to me. Do you get the point? The way I'm saying it. Like when I, I keep on doing it, then one day. So my eyes are on the one day. Christians, don't. Remove your eyes from there. Your eyes should be on today as I'm obeying him on a daily basis. Well, that's one method by which hope deferred will not make your own heart faint. When he made that statement that hope deferred make the heart faint, what it was stating it as a principle of life, it was not saying it's a commandment for Christians to obey. Are you getting my point? And when he stated like that, he was warning you, your, 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 your hope, um, sorry, your heart may faint if your hope is deferred. So make sure you take care, guard your heart with all diligence so it does not faint. So what do you do? Make sure your heart is not set on that hope. Do you get my point? Your heart is set on the obedience. Your heart is set on the daily obedience. So God calls Abraham and says to Abraham, follow me, I will make you great and all of that. 25 years now will it look so? You call him at the age of 75, you are still promising him tomorrow. I don't know whether I get my point. He said, the future will be bright. He said, bros, wait, do you know how old I am? <laughs> you have to call his attention. Do you know how old I am? Which one is future? I'm living in the future. Go and preach this kind of message to 35-year-old boys. 30-year-old boys, 25-year-old boys. You can't come at the age of 75 tell me the future will be bright. Yeah, the man had to wait 25 years following God before, before Isaac showed up. So will your descendants be? And I'm old. I'm this old. So once I thought about it, why was the man not discouraged? Why was it that he was still able to hold on to faith, faith and patience with which he inherited the promise? I'll tell you. The focus was on each day. Abraham was busy daily. Are you getting my point? Yes. Abraham was busy daily. Every day, God said to him, walk before me and perfect your work with me. So the assignment daily is how am I perfecting my work? My work with him, how am I perfecting? How is it getting better? It's not what has it produced for me. It's a very bad doctrine. Give, give unto you. God prospers you. Listen, don't believe that doctrine at all. Shed it off from your mind. Don't think about it. Go and read my book, Grace to Prosper. There's a chapter there, The Vow of Poverty. Read it. Imbibe it. It's more important than the cha- chapter on The Vow of Prosperity. Swallow that chapter, <laughs> The Vow of Poverty. I'm going to obey God. Though he slays me, yet I will trust him. That's a good attitude. That's a good attitude. Though he slays me, yet I will trust him. Not I've been giving and giving seed and giving seed. Then one day the seed will... Every day you are waiting. I've heard statements like, that I'm do, I've heard statements like this. People saying to God, I'm due for my breakthrough. God said, who told you? <laughs> when did we have a discussion? Telling you how long you will serve me before I break through upon you. Do I look like a master that you came to serve inside the market? You know, when you serve a man in the market, five years, six years, ten years. I'm not a university. Labor hard for six years, I give you an MBBS. No. It's work before me and be perfect. That's the way it works. So a Christian is supposed to set his or her heart on what you are doing. Blessed is the servant who the master finds doing. You know all the things that worry believers in our country? They are not found doing. They, only find, they are only doing when there's crisis. Let us pray. Once we are hearing bomb blasts, we will pray. Once the light is sliding, losing 5% every month, we will pray. Once the price of food is going up, we will pray. Once arm robbery attacks are increasing, we will pray. Then when they slow down, we have taken off to Dubai. We are cruising all over the world. And you say, oh, have you seen, have you seen Cape Town? Oh, it's a lovely place. Yeah, we saw Cape Town. Next week, we are going to Amsterdam. 
the crisscrossing where everything is peaceful now. It's one of the major problems we have. We, are, we, we don't learn the culture of what? Doing. Found so doing. We only respond to crisis. Listen, it is not true that we have prayed enough. Prayer is an assignment. It's not that we get results, it's an assignment. If one produces results, we, we, we climb to the next one. We never stop. Are you getting my point? No, we don't ever stop. We don't ever stop. You're a parent, you pray for your children. When they finish praying, when they have done well, you start praying for, their, for your grandchildren. That's how it is. You just continue. It's an assignment. It's a job. It's a duty. That's what I'm going to explain. In this Christian service, there's no retirement. You don't retire. There's nothing like I've done my portion. While you're on this earth, nothing like that. Very important, we get this point. We serve God. We do His work dutifully all the time. We're never getting tired. Talking about that sitting, I was talking about just to, clarify, to, to complete what I was saying. So Christians, we learn to give. And once we have learned to give, we learn to continue giving. And once we have learned to continue giving, we have continued giving as a lifestyle. If God wants to reward it, Lord, let me just use that expression. It's his personal problem. I don't know whether you're getting my point. Yeah, it's for him to concern himself about. Not for me to keep a book and be calculating and say, hmm. Lord, by now, I don't read like 2.5 million. When you increase this thing, my God. Now you'll be discouraged. You will give, 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 eh? Then when you need, you will pray, God will not answer. You'll be wondering, did you did, did notice the money? Listen, I'm very serious about it. That's the doctrine Christians must understand. Like I said, anything you cannot make a habit, don't start. If you can't make it a habit, don't start. Bear that in mind. Because if you, if you start, you're wasting time. It's only if you don't faint and you don't know how long you will do it. He said, let's not be weary of doing good because we'll reap the reward in due time if we don't faint. So how long will it be? You don't know. So if it's something that's going to make you faint, please, just don't get involved in it. It was a play something you cannot give. I said, listen, my brother, if you ask me, I say, don't. I'm not saying you don't stretch your faith. Are you getting my point? But you don't stretch your faith Shall I talk on that for two minutes and I'll get back to my message? When you want to do such things, you are replanning your life. What I mean by replanning your life? You are changing how you eat. Like you said, look, I only fly business class and first class. Now you want to give more than you normally can give. What you are saying to yourself is from now on, until God increases me, I'm not doing business class again. I'm doing economy. I hope you're getting my point. That I've taken the economy, the difference between economy class money and business class money to be given out to something, to somewhere. That is how you stretch yourself. It's not as if <laughs> you are earning 50,000 naira a month. You go and pledge a pledge that will require 50,000 naira a month to pay. You decrease. <laughs> I'm sorry I said it like that. I mean, you're not being realistic. So I'm pledging by faith. Don't worry about it. Hmm? Pledge 45. Hold 5. Where you go take transport yourself, go church. And make sure that 5, you can manage it for the next 6 years. If you can't, then go and use your faith in that area. Don't come and harass anybody so long. God, so you now be grumbling every day because you are giving offerings. Say so you can only give to God. That's what cost you something. Even if it's too naira. Once it's your own, it's costing you. I hope you get the point. Yes, that was what David said. David said, I will not be, I, I will not be given an offering and you are the one paying. That's what he said though. 
I need to teach Christians some of these so that they will de- just look. It's, it's, <laughs> because like, they get into unnecessary burdens. I'm not saying, no, see, please, if you see what I'm going to say, I'm not saying you don't stretch yourself and make yourself uncomfortable for something that is bigger than you. I didn't say that. I never said that. You will do that. That's why I said, look, what you are doing, you are adjusting yourself. You are adjusting your life. So I used to change my phone every year before. Now, we have new offering regimen. Like one brother said the other day, they, 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 they work with us. I remember that day, I think he sent a message and I, I was copied. There's a place where they, they pay our broadcast bills. You understand? So it's quite expensive. So he sent a message to all the people working together. He said, time to tighten the belt. No more asu. Did you hear what I said? You know what's asu? Okay, she knows. Okay, let's say no more suya. Let's just leave it like that. So that's what he did. I, I, I was copied. I think I, I put me in the group, the broadcast message to the people there. He said, look, guys, we negotiated with the station. This is how much you are going to be paying. He said, time to tighten our belts. He now said, <laughs> it was very funny. He said, no more asu. There is no more eating expensive barbecued meat. That money is now going to the radio station. That's how Christians behave. Please, I hope you are following what I'm going to explain. Why? They can make that the habit. Today, my wife and I were discussing. I said, if there's something wrong with me, let us discuss it too. My classmates are gathering, you know. They, they chose one foreign country for a reunion for this year. So one of my friends said he has paid for himself and his wife. And he told me the amount of money. <laughs> it's not as if I can't afford it. Like I sat my wife down. I said, sweetheart, how will I explain to the Lord that I spent this amount of money to go somewhere for 10 days? It's not up to 10 days, but let's assume I just stretch it by myself. I said, I will not be able to pray. I will not be able to pray effectively. You know, that kind of thing. I don't know how I would defend it. Look at other things that we can do with this. Sorry guys, I love you all, but I will join you on Skype. I will join you on WhatsApp video. But me? I'm sorry I will not be able to do it. That's how Christians do things. We just prioritize. We rearrange our lives. I can do that if I never go for that for reunion outside the country ever. It won't affect the destiny of my children. <laughs> it won't affect my ministry. Are you getting my point? It won't affect anything. So I strip myself of some things and that way I can make my life consistent in a given area. I'm just advising Christians how to give. What's worrying most of us is that we think that if we pain ourselves for three months, God will be forced to do something on the fourth month. And many of you have done it. I hope you know that nothing happened on the fourth month. You, you, you remember, nothing happened. Nothing happened on the fourth month. Nothing. And guess what? Nothing happens in the fourth month. The stories you hear as testimonies is one out of a thousand. Of course, only those ones get the test, they get the microphone to share it. I don't mean to insult anybody. I'm just giving the facts. Tell you how to live your life. So you can please God and not be weary. That's what I'm going to say. But if you realize that this may be something you will do for a lifetime, you know you will think differently. One of our sisters came here one day, when she finished talking to me, I looked at her, I said, how did you manage? She was a copper, NYC member. She said that she gave every copper they paid her as NYC monthly allowance. Every copper. So what were you eating? She said she lost weight. She used to manage to you not know, beg from her friends while she's giving her own as offerings. So I said, why did you do that? She said, they told me that's how to prosper. I said, God has seen all your sacrifices like Cornelius. Your offerings are risen to heaven. So he has sent you to me. My name is Peter. Sit down. Let me teach you the way of salvation. 
Because I couldn't understand. It's not sustainable. One day it was her birthday. Somebody now sent her money, 20,000 naira. She said, praise God. She said, she will stretch it. Then she went to church. <laughs> and the pastor said, except it pains you. This 20,000 had removed all my pains. So she took doing that and put it down. So I can return it to pain. At the end of one year, what did she get? An encounter with Pastor Banky. That was her reward. Because God said, this girl will die. Send her to Kingdom World Ministries. Top floor, number one. Jimmy Avenue. <laughs> that day she stood here. I said, okay, God has answered all your prayers. What is the answer? Look at the answer. It's me. Now sit down. Let's teach you the word of God. Because what she was doing was not sustainable. She will get weary after a while. She was already weary. That's why she was talking to me. And once you get weary, forget all the other ones you did. God wipes it off. is good. I said the Lord is good. I'm just emphasizing that look, Christianity will generate a lifestyle, constant. Something we could do constantly. So what we'll do is increase our faith gradually. Ah, let me just continue that money thing. So if this month look, listen, as God increases you, listen, being a Christian giver is not it's not acrobatics. A number of things happen. One, you increase, you, you modify your priorities in life. For example, as people are teaching, as the word of God is coming, you realize some of the things you buy, you don't need them. Are you getting my point? There are people living in houses bigger than them because they want to belong. They are staying in zoo estate. They are not a monkey. They <laughs> are not an animal of any sort. You just want to stay in zoo. You, do you understand? Just because that's where the big boys stay. They are shaving you of 2.5 million naira a year. Just drive 300 meters from that place to another part of town. You get the same size of a house for half of that price. Except that your neighbors are not that rich. Vanity. So when the word of God comes to you, it removes vanity from your face and instantly saves you 1.5 million naira a year in, 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 in house rent. Instantly freeing you up to 1.5 million naira extra you can give. Friend of mine is a physician in the U.S. The other day he came, stayed in my house a few days. I saw his phone, very nice. He said, look, Banky, I have made up my mind. There's no reason why I should be getting rich on my neck. He said, henceforth, any phone more than $300, I don't buy. He is an American physician. I'm not kidding. If he wants to send offering, he has sent offering to us again. He, just, he sent me $5,000, please. Give this person this amount. Give Kingdom Word this amount. That's how I share his money for him. $5,000 at they go. Poverty is not his problem. The other day he said he had to replace his car. He said, I needed to buy another BMW because he has the, God has blessed him. He said, but I told myself, what am I paying this amount of money for phones for? What are they doing for me? So he just he said, nice, decent phone with him. He said, no, that's my new philosophy. More than $300 I'm not buying. That's how people rearrange their lives. Christians understand that. 
So as the word of God is coming, it's rearranging your life, rearranging your priorities, rearranging your value system. Then rearranging your faith, of course, so that you don't realize that it is not what you have saved up that will take care of your tomorrow. So instantly, you're freer again. Before they say, you must save up this amount of money before you are 40, otherwise you are dead when you are 70. You know that kind of thing. You know that is not true. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of things which he possesses. Tomorrow is held by God. We lay up treasure in heaven, not on the earth. Just that knowledge changes how you handle money. So a time will come, you will make 10 million naira and give out 10 million naira. Why? The one I made last week, I've not finished spending it. This one won't do anything for me. Oh, and then of course, it's not seed sowing. Now, please get my point. It's not seed sowing as if I'm looking forward to, to a harvest for myself. It's in recognizing needs, assignments, places where I'm supposed to count. So when we rearrange our lives like that, we become very generous people. And we don't realize we're generous. We're just living life. Of course, like everybody in life, things happen once in a while. It becomes, in quotes, in quotes, an emergency. I have to, I have to ramp up the amount of money I used to spend. Are you getting my point? Maybe, for example, now, God forbid, I get home, bad storm comes, cuts off half of my, I'm not going to say, I don't have money right now. I will live in, I will find the money. Are you getting my point? I will find the money. If I have to borrow, I will borrow. I will take the picture, walk up to the bank, look at it. I need to fix this. Otherwise, my property gets damaged. Right now, we're having problems in the house. If I don't have, within two days, that roof is back to normal. That stresses me, it stresses me a bit, right? Then I start paying back the bank or paying the cooperative in my office for the next five, six months, seven months. In the same manner, there are times I will do it for the preaching of the gospel. In the same manner, there are times I will do it for a cause bigger than me. That's how Christians live. It's not that like I'm trying to get, look, people get weary. They've given their tired. Every Sunday, one pastor will come and some churches, they change the pastors, different anointings. One pastor collects money from your breast pocket. When it's empty, another pastor comes collect the one from your right back pocket. Then another one comes the one from the left back pocket. They, by the time they finish, after one year, you are dry. By the 13th month, you are weary. All your offerings for 12 months, gone. Why? Because of the weariness in the 13th month. Then maybe this is the seed of, you never can tell. This is the, this is the seed heaven is waiting for. It's a lie. Is a lie. One of two things. If it's a seed heaven is waiting for, it's one of two things. One, you will do without thinking about it. Or two, heaven will tell you this is the one I'm waiting for. Because somebody will be playing your life like you never can tell. This may be the seed heaven is waiting for. Then I say, it's a lie. If I'm thinking about it, it's one of two things. Either it's not the one heaven is waiting for, or heaven will tell me by itself. They're not going to send you to be confusing my soul. Using guilt. To run my life for me. I get into all of these things. Trying to explain to Christians. It's consistency that God is teaching. We make some things a lifestyle. And I just went briefly into that area of money. How you modify your lifestyle. So you can be a constant giver. Not an emergency. You know. Only, you only Somebody has to be whining you to do things you can't do normally. No, but whether you can do it normally or not. You increase your faith regularly. What was abnormal to you yesterday becomes normal today. And the greater one becomes normal tomorrow. That progression is what God is looking for. Once you are thinking the offering I gave you last week, has it germinated? Trust me, it can never germinate. It's dead. D-O-A. You know what called D-O-A? Dead on arrival. 
or like doctors will say, BID, brought in dead. How often as we are giving it to us, dead in your pocket. A little life, you squashed it. I think you're you whispering to the offering. The <laughs> little life remaining, it's gone. <laughs> the Lord is good. Oh God. <laughs> Let me get back to my message. Maybe somebody came here with offering problems. What's the thing that you did? <laughs> you did. You did. You did. <laughs> now, what the point I'm making is about a matter of prayer. Listen to I want us to understand something. All of us Christians, let's understand this. We are supposed to, Jesus said, men ought always to pray and not to faint. We are supposed to be constant in prayer. That is a side of it I'm trying to emphasize. Remember, we've been talking about praying for the church of God. We've been talking about that has been the most important prayer point. We also said we are the salt of the earth. We are the light of the world. As we are doing what we are supposed to be doing, the earth will respond to our presence. That's what we are trying to say. The earth will respond. And we must never allow anything to discourage us. Let me just read this and then we rise up, declare a few words and then we close. Sorry, I just missed that, that scripture. I quoted it once in a while. Anyway, I can't find it. Let me just save our time. But there was a time they were in battle. Joab was commanding one wing of the army and his brother Abshai was commanding the other. And he said to the brother that what you need to do is to show yourself valiant for the cities of our God. And may the Lord do that which is pleasing in his sight. What I'm going to say is that God just expects us to do what we are supposed to do. And then he will do that which he is supposed to do. And the commandment he has given us at this time is that we should always pray and not get tired. And that's what I'm just trying to emphasize to us. We are supposed to pray and never, ever get tired. We are supposed to continually pray and not concern ourselves with whether uh, are we getting the results where we are expected to be seen, we expect to, we expect to be seen, or we are not getting it. We must never be discouraged. We must never be discouraged because we are being judged according to what we are doing each time. Let's ask for our feet and let us pray and then we'll close. The Lord is good. Let's give the Lord thanks. Say, Lord, thank you for the understanding that you have given me in your word. Thank you because you have found me worthy and you have made me a soldier of Christ Jesus. Say, Lord, I thank you. I give you praise. I dedicate myself again. I will never get tired. I'm a soldier of Christ. I am not seeking my own. I am seeking to fulfill only that which God has committed into my hands. I am a faithful servant. I'm a faithful slave of Christ. I will be found so doing. That's the point we have made today. To be found so doing. To be found so doing. To be found so doing. That's, that's our assignment. To be found so doing. Let's say, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I will be found so doing. 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 That which God has committed into my hands. The ministry of prayer is a ministry. Don't forget that it's a ministry. It's a ministry that God has given to every believer in Christ Jesus. It's a ministry that he has given to every believer in Christ Jesus. It's a ministry. We pray for the church of God. It's a ministry. It's an assignment. God is using our words. He's using our prayers as his weapon of war. He's using our prayers as a weapon that he dispatches, or rather he gives to his angels as he dispatches them to battle. As we pray for the church of God in this nation, 
as we pray for the nation itself, as we pray for the body of Christ, God is using our words. Let's say to him, Lord, I will be found so doing. Let's commit ourselves again to being prayer warriors. We did a series that time on being prayer warriors. Now we're talking about a warrior's perspective. A warrior understands that is what I am found doing is a constancy of what I am doing that matters. Let's pray, let's pray. Say, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I will be found so doing. I will not lose heart. Speak to your heart. He said, my soul, you know, David will say, speak to my soul. In the same manner, speak to your soul. Say, my soul, you will be found so doing. Soul, you will not lose heart. Soul, you will not be tired. Soul, you will constantly offer up prayers that please the Lord. Soul, you will not grow weary. Soul, you ought always to pray and not get tired. You ought always to pray and not get tired. Soul, you ought always to pray. Speak to your heart. Speak to your heart. Speak to your soul. Say, in the name of Jesus, I commit my heart again. I commit my tongue. I commit my life to my assignment as a soldier of Christ. Like Paul said, no true soldier concerns himself with the matters of this life. I'm not concerning myself with the matters of politics. I'm not concerning myself with matters of newspapers. I'm not concerning myself with the editorial analysis. I'm concerning myself with declaring the word of God over the nation. I'm concerning myself with declaring the word of God over his church. I'm concerning myself with declaring his word over my life. I am not moved by what I see. I'm not moved by what I hear. I am moved only by what the word of God says to me, that which I believe. In the name of Jesus, that is what I will constantly declare. Let's pray, let's pray. I want us to pray. Use my words, use my words. If you don't know which words to use, just say, Lord, in the name of Jesus, this tongue is yours. This mouth will speak your words. This tongue is yours. It will utter the prayers that are pleasing in your sight. It will never get tired. It will never get tired. You need to speak to your body to respond. He said, well, if any man can guard, you know, can bridle his tongue, you understand? By breathing the tongue, you control the whole body. So speak it. Say in the name of Jesus, my life is committed to being a soldier of Christ. My prayer is a weapon. If you go and see it, one of the last weapons that Paul mentioned, he talked about the, you know, the girdle of truth, the belt of truth, the helmet of salvation. Uh, the breastplate of um, righteousness, the shield of faith, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. He now say, praying always. That's the next one. It's part of the weapon. Praying always with all prayers and petition in the spirit. That as they say, as in the name of Jesus, I commit myself to praying always with all prayer and petition in the spirit, watching thereunto with all perseverance. Say in the name of Jesus, as a soldier of Christ, I will never get tired. As I pray for this, for the body of Christ, as I pray for ministries, as I pray for the propagation of the word of God, as I pray for the peace of God upon this land that he has kept us, I will not get tired. I speak to the land again. Peace be upon you. I speak to this land again. This land which I dwell in, receive the favor of God. I turn my eyes to the throne of the Almighty and I say, Lord, have mercy upon this land so that we can have, live a quiet and tranquil life in all godliness because you want all men to be saved so that we can go out, so we can do the work of having all men saved as you have commanded in the name of Jesus. Let your eyes shine with mercy upon this land. Let your hand be stretched forth with 
deliverance upon this land in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, keep us in peace. Give us prosperity. Let's give us, like we said, ceasefire so that we can advance the truth so that you will have permanent peace resting upon this land in the name of Jesus. I saw faith again. I saw faith. Remember, we are sowers of faith. The soil went forth to sow. I saw faith again in the name of Jesus. I saw faith. By my faith, I said it will be well with this land. In the name of Jesus, peace will be upon this land. In the name of Jesus, God will remove trouble from this land. In the name of Jesus, God will remove evil doers. In the name of Jesus, I I will not get tired. I will not get tired. No matter what I see, I will not get tired. Men ought always to pray and not to lose heart. Let's begin to give the Lord thanks. Say, Lord, we thank you. Say, Lord, we give you praise. Say, Lord, we thank you. Say, Lord, we give you praise. Let's begin to give him thanks because he has heard us today. Let's begin to give him thanks. Let's begin to give him thanks. Say, that, say Father, we thank you. Say, Lord, we thank you for your word that has come forth to us today. We give you praise. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. Father, we thank you. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. All right, let's share the grace in fellowship. For the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, surely we are passed out of death.